just gonna repeat that one more time for the mic. I like eating things that are pretty. I do too. And scene. <laughs> and ten more minutes. You know, they say you eat with the eyes first. Yeah. <laughs> but your no, presentation people matters. are wrong. You don't eat with your eyes, you eat with your mouth. Everyone is knows this, it. Is there cream in Oh, there is cream in this. There was an article in Variety, and I'll just read you the headline. Matthew McConaughey says, Fortune Teller's prophecy led him to accept how to lose a guy offer. Did the studio hire this guy? It says... <laughs> I remember when I was considering doing it or not one night on a walk down Sunset Boulevard. Suddenly this guy comes up to me out of nowhere. He was a fortune teller guru and goes, can I tell you a fortune real quick? And McConaughey was like, I was like, yeah, man, sure. He immediately goes, there's a movie you're considering right now. It's a romantic comedy. You have to do this or it'll be one of the biggest regrets of your life. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be an incredible experience and it's going to make a bunch of money. I remember thinking, did the studio hire this guy? I laughed at the thought, but I also remember taking a more serious consideration. I think I even accepted the offer the next day. I think it was probably Kate Hudson in disguise. <laughs> in like a mustache and glasses. Yes. Like Irene Adler style? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, Mr. Holmes. <laughs> she turns around and like t- takes off the turban and winks. It just like shakes out her blonde curls. But it is a weird story. <laughs> I mean, is maybe, that what a tactic? Could you imagine? What if that was like your? I was agent? gonna say, like, maybe honestly, really wanted. The maybe match. that's something studios should consider more: finding like the dumber celebrities and being <laughs> like, "Hey, have someone go to them dressed as a fortune teller and be like, this is a good move for you.'" Yeah, but I would buy that. It would be like the agent, right? Yeah, like, the agent really wants. Well, the, what's that like? Ten percent. Ten percent, and it's like, <laughs> like it's gonna make so much money. Take the movie. I just paid some homeless guy like twenty bucks. <laughs> Sandwich. <laughs> It's for the way you look at me Oh, it's for the only one I see V is very, very extraordinary E is even more than anyone that you adore and of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled movie and a themed cocktail, talk about what worked, what didn't, and how they would each fix it. Before we get into that, I am Chris, women of New York, frost yourselves, Ravel. And I am Brendan. Hey, frost this! Drishler. And I am Lee, well, I like it, Delahanty. And <laughs> I cannot think of a single world in which you haven't immediately like cottoned on to what movie we saw and it's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days from 2003. Thank you. Directed by Donald Petrie of Dish fame. <laughs> starring Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey, Catherine Hahn, you know, Adam once, Goldberg, once Tom he, Lennon. Once he, once he, uh, <laughs> steal on that gas list. Bibi and Bibi Newark. Once, once Donald perfected the dish, he he went on to perfect the romantic the rom com. Yes, um, left it healthy for decades afterward. <laughs> really terrible romantic comedy for our for February. It's rom com. It's it's definitely a movie. Once again, that I had a more positive memory of than I, I experienced this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lee wants everyone to know she she disliked it before it was cool. I loved to hate it. Mm. It is fun to hate. 
I hate to love it. <laughs> Guys, I'm a fan. I mean, so we got our chocolate and the peanut butter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, before we Fag. get... <laughs> before we get into any of that, what did we drink to take the edge off? The drink that we made for How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was called Frost Yourself. <laughs> it was half an ounce of dry vermouth, 2.5 ounces of the T-Smith gin, cardamom bitters, and a lemon. And it's pretty simple, but it's pretty complicated. You got to <laughs> fill a cocktail shaker with ice and pour in your vermouth. Stir it for 15 seconds. Let it sit for 30 seconds. Stir it for 15 seconds. Strain out and discard the vermouth. Pour the gin into the shaker. Stir for 30 seconds. Sit for 30 seconds. Stir for 30 seconds. Sit for 30 seconds. Add a dash of bitters. Stir it again real quick. And then you strain the cocktail into a glass and garnish it with a lemon twist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is stolen from Stanley Tucci's martini recipe. He may not have found Italy, <laughs> but he found his way into our hearts. <laughs> and our gullets. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it was, delicious. It was a really good martini. Stanley it's Tucci very, knows what he's doing. Very dry. Yeah. Very dry. It was, yeah. it was very potent. It comes out a beautiful double for water. Yep. Um, yeah, very clear. Very clear. Yeah. It's good gin, and it's yeah, uh, it was. It, you, I imagined that the flavor profile would shift nicely with a different gin and a different vermouth. I yeah, I think the cardamom bitter is also paired well with the gin yeah. and the slight citrus flavor. Yeah. It had a nice sort of florally taste, yes. but not oppressively, not like drinking soap floral. Yeah, I don't know. It was like I also want to say um, we had an expert twist done by Lee. Oh, thank you. It was really yummy. Uh, far from expert. They're <laughs> they're quite clumsy, but I I, I do like the the it cheap worked method. considerably better than. I could There's done. a way that you like get the peel off with the knife without. I just cut a lemon slice, then I cut the middle out. Right. And then if you cut, like if you just break the circle by cutting a line into it, and then you can you basically just like squish it into a spiral. See, that's smart. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Honestly, I looked it up online. Yeah. Like, I, how do if, well, how to make a lemon if, twist in ten no days? No knife, how twist. <laughs> That explains why I was just looking at rindless lemon meat yeah. on the cutting board. Yes, just yep, just pounds, yeah. heaps and heaps I of lemon meat sitting there. The yes, there was seeds I, everywhere. I, uh, Citrus juices on the sink. We can we can get to the to the summary in a second. But when I thought of when I was saying lemon meat, I was also just thinking of how uh, when I worked at Trader Joe's for a while. Uh, they didn't just have a bag of... It didn't say shelled pistachios, as one might expect. It said shelled pistachio meat. <laughs> no, sorry. No. Even worse, shelled pistachio nut meat. No. That's what it was. No. And I was like... Did they not put that through, like, a test group? No. Similar to Frost Yourself, did they just run with it? <laughs> did you see that? There's, like, a... Yeah, pretty there much. There was a TikTok of somebody... It was, like, a, at a store in a Christmas, and it was, like, a planter's stand, and the Christmas slogan was... A Tuwala good nut. Oh my god. Oh, like, I want that so bad. Did nobody look they at did, that for a second? Around. <laughs> for a second. <laughs> so what is this movie about? Oh god. Well, what isn't it about? So let me tell you. Andy Anderson is a writer for the women's magazine Composure. Mm -hmm. As the subject matter expert for a series of how-to articles, she is bored and wishes she could write about more serious topics. Michelle, Andy's friend, experiences yet another breakup. She's one of those gals and becomes despondent and says she's not attractive enough. Andy argues that the problem is rather her needy, excessively emotional behavior with men. Is inspired to write an article titled, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. In order to prove her point, she will begin dating a man and drive him away within 10 days simply by imitating Michelle's behavior. Advertising executive Benjamin Berry is looking to branch out from his usual remit of beer and sports campaigns and lead a prestigious advertising campaign for a diamond company. At a bar, Ben's boss, Philip, questions whether Ben has enough insight into the romance typically associated with diamonds. In response, Ben wagers 
years, he could make any woman fall in love with him. Philip says that if he can achieve this before the company ball that will take place in 10 days, as you do, he will allow Ben to lead the Diamond Campaign. Ben's rivals, Judy Spears and Judy Green, were at Composure offices earlier in the day and know about Andy's task. Seeing Andy at the bar, they pick her as the woman to be romanced by Ben. Ben and Andy meet and soon start their quests, neither revealing their true intentions. Andy works hard to make Ben fall for her and then break up with her in order to complete the article, but Ben continues to stick around in hopes of making her fall in love with him. Andy makes Ben miss the final shot in Nick's game by sending him to get his soda, gets him knocked out in the movie theater by talking aloud while watching a film, moves her things into his apartment, gets a fern plant to represent their relationship and a Chinese crested dog, and takes him to a Celine Dion concert when he was under the assumption he was going to see a New York Knicks basketball game. all the indignities. However... She also occasionally lets her normal side show, which Ben begins falling for. Fed up with the project, Andy throws a fit at Ben's boy's poker night to finally drive him to break up with her. However, Ben's friends Tony and Thayer push him to stay the course by proposing couples counseling with Andy. Andy has Michelle pose as a couples therapist and suggest Ben is ashamed of Andy. Ben counters by offering to introduce her to his family in Staten Island that weekend. While visiting the family together, Ben and Andy form a genuine bond. Andy and Ben go to the company ball together where Philip talks with Andy and tells Ben that he met her. She loves you. You'll win. To sabotage Ben, Judy and Judy tell Tony and Thayer that Andy knew all about the bet all along and was playing along to help Ben win. Tony and Thayer beg Andy to keep quiet, unwittingly making her aware of the bet. Simultaneously, Andy's boss, Lana, who is unaware of Ben's role, tells him about Andy's how-to article. Upon learning of Ben's bet, Andy attempts to humiliate Ben in front of everyone at the party, and the pair argue on stage before breaking up. Tony shows Ben Andy's subsequent article, in which she explains how she, quote, lost the only guy I've ever fallen for, end quote. When he hears she quit her job at Composure, since Lana again refused to let her write about serious topics, and is on her her way to Washington, D.C. for an interview, he chases her taxi and stops her. After he accuses her of running away, they reveal their true feelings for each other. Ben instructs the taxi driver to return Andy's belongings to her home. Ben will be taking her now. And they kiss. And, and that, as we say, is how to lose a guy. That's how you do it, folks. In 10 days. Kate Hudson stars as Andy Anderson, Matthew McConaughey as Benjamin Barry, Catherine Hunt as Michelle, Annie Paris as Jeannie, the other friend, Adam Goldberg as Tony, Thomas Lennon as Thayer. There's some... Gals playing the Judies. Robert Klein the is Judy? Ben's boss. Julius. No, Judies. BB Newworth is Lana Judy's. Lang, Kate Hudson's boss. Lillian Montevecchi as Mrs. DeLauer. And Marvin Hamlish is himself. Montevecchi was the red-haired lady who yes. was wearing the crazy wig. and it's, I don't think it's a wig. I think it's like a feathered headpiece. They're just all lying good flat. Point, good yeah. point, good point. Well, it plays like hair. Yeah, no, it looks like hair, but it's feathers. Um, yeah, she's nuts. Yeah, she's great. And then she stars in a great uh, Diamond Dad later. Yeah, and then for whatever reason, she ends up being the Diamond Dad. Don't ask questions. Look, it's over. We gotta get home to our families. <laughs> yeah, so that was How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Um, so wait, okay, so just to go back to the thing you were talking about before, you you had both seen this movie. Yes. Yeah. All right, I had never seen this movie. I'm just curious, like, what did, did mm-hmm. you have any, did you have any preconceived notions or, like, what, what did you have any expectations based on our reaction? I mean, I knew from you guys saying that, that she was writing a magazine column that had to do with her getting a guy to break up with her after 10 days or, mm-hmm. like, as 
over the span of 10 days, rather. That's literally all I knew. And I knew that Matthew McConaughey had some sort of campaign that was advertised as Frost Yourself, <laughs> just because you guys talk about Frost Yourself a lot. <laughs> well, because it's, it's so funny. It is. No, it is. So to be clear, it's insane. It's I an insane it's... moment in the movie. If anything, it is more ridiculous than what you had led me to believe it would the be. The fact that, yeah, the fact that that is said is like, wow, what a genius. Right. She brings it up when she says something like, I thought the dog needed a little frosting, referring yes. to a collar. And Matthew McConaughey's like, Frost? yourself and that just becomes like the thing that he runs with and they never run it by like anyone else and every woman they mention it to is like this is dumb we yeah. don't like this at all and the men are like nope go with it we're right it's to this movie and they were right it's to this movie's credit that every woman that hears that catchphrase is like this is a bad idea <laughs> but they're wrong it's a good idea um, because mrs delauer loved it it's so funny to me though just like you think like a diamond company, you want to sell elegance, you want to sell refinement, you want to sell uh, uh, expensive. I get none of that from Frost yourself. No, as we said, it sounds like you're like masturbating messily. You're like ejaculating <laughs> on your partner yeah, or you're right. doing it so poorly that you're just like yeah. all over the room or something. And it's not a delicate or pleasant image. No. And everything the women always say when they show the two Judys talking to the boss and the Judys are like, uh, no, diamonds are like expensive and rare, and we don't. We want people to think like if you have one, you're a member of like an exclusive club. Like you've right. got a diamond, and Matthew Hunt is like, I think it's gonna be diamonds are everywhere, and everyone's like, yes, that's it, run with it. And the women are like, no, don't do that. He's like, yep, yeah. that's it. Whereas like diamonds are for everyone. So yeah, they can't be for everyone. There aren't enough diamonds. Right. <laughs> yes, there are simply not enough. Yeah, it's it's hashtag justice for Judy's. I had actually in my memory. I had no trace of Matthew McConaughey or any of the diamond shit, so that was that that was a treat. I remembered Frost herself. I just totally did not remember his half of that. And I mean, my headline for this is: this is not a good movie, but this is a great Kate Hudson performance. Yeah, we'll we'll cover that at some point. Probably, honestly, I I probably if it was two thousand three, I probably saw it um, in theaters. No, but quite close to when it would have come out mm. because mm. I was probably like looking at a cover somewhere in a video rental store mm-hmm. or something and being like, ah, oh, rom com. Let's, <laughs> let's go. I don't think I'd seen a Matthew McConaughey movie before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably my first McConaughey. Maybe my first Kate Hudson. Was this like his first sure. big? I feel like this is Kate Hudson's kind of like breakout yeah. role. Is I this McConaughey's really? I don't think so because wasn't. Um, look real quick. I'm just curious now. Was he made in Manhattan? No, he was wedding wedding planner. Right. Uh, I think that was before this. How dare? Yeah, that's true. I guess, so I guess that's like he had. I, I guess the fair thing to, would be to say that like he had a career prior to this. Yes. And then it was the wedding planner which launched him as like a rom com star. A romantic. Because before yeah. this, it was like he had done Contact and Amistad. And right. Yeah, he was the, the Christian scientist or whatever in contact. Oh yeah, yes. that's Wasn't right. He was like some sort of religious. Doesn't he bone? Uh, Jody yeah, Foster? yeah. He, he has like some like religious outlook as to like yeah, his belief of God in space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he's yeah. like sort of smart but also religious, so he's a bit stupid. Yeah, he's smart <laughs> but also not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get too deep into anyone or anything, I think it is also worth to give some context about like. Where are we at in the rom-com life cycle? Let's all jump back in time. 2003, baby. <laughs> George W. Bush has been elected president. The war on terror has begun. Has the mission been accomplished yet? Not yet, but it will be soon. Uh, probably like in the year after, I think. Yeah. And then it's done. Right, and then we definitely have no more <laughs> presidents in Afghanistan. Baby. I think in some sense, it is a kind of a high point. I mean, even though it is sort of the big breakout for Kate Hudson, uh, for good reason, I feel, it's also considered like a pretty, like, big watershed rom-com, right? I mean, uh, part of me wonders if it's one of those things where it's like how 
you know, Wizard of Oz and its wonderful life became bigger deals than they were originally just because they were aired on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is like a beloved rom-com? I'm using air quotes, right. should be said. Just because it's on TBS like every other week or something, I mean, you know? Sort of the same reason why we all love Hocus Pocus. Right. Yeah, it's like the Hocus Pocus in here where it's like, it's not a good movie, but it plays all the time. And ergo, because you see it often, you're like, I like it. Is that why we like Hocus Pocus? I thought it was like a childhood nostalgia. I mean, there's, there's we nostalgia. Were, when we were children, they played it on Right. Be, when it came out in theaters, it like did not do well at all. Okay. And then it was just something that they would air because Disney was like, well, we have it lying it's around. Cheap, Might yeah. as well air it every year. But like, I have a, I have that feeling for a lot of, because Comedy Central was the dumping grounds for a lot of A lot movies. of these movies. Right, that's true. A lot of movies, rom-com and other just comedies. But like, I feel like, I don't remember this movie being on, The How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days being on TV a lot. It was but on I, TBS a lot. But I think it could go both ways because again, I think like some movies were on TV so much that I would be like... You got sick of them. Again, right. yeah, like The yeah. Money Pit. You know how much how much I hate The Money Pit? I've seen that movie many times as well. I've never seen The Money Pit. Oh my never God. So anyway, where would you say we're at? Well, look, I, I guess they're I They're fading. Right, yeah, definitely they're fading. This is still at the time where, like I said earlier, a studio could basically just throw two people who are kind of popping into a rom-com together and it will make like $100 million right. and cost like, I don't know, what, $40 million to make or something. Right. So like everyone walks away with a tidy profit. But this is definitely the point where we're starting to like lose interest in them a little bit maybe just because there were so many like mediocre ones being made and then they kind of become the purview exclusively of streaming services right. 10 years afterward uh, it's depressing next effects yeah <laughs> I mean yeah I, I think that yeah it is a little depressing I think we're in a I think that they're fine on streaming services. I do. I, I think, think they yeah. can. It's be. not that. It's not that the, any streaming net or any streaming rom com is inherently bad. It's yeah. just that it's become this thing where it's like, well, you won't put this in theaters. Like you yeah. wouldn't put this movie in theaters. Yeah, it's that's true. But it's like, I mean, I guess I don't care about movie theaters as much as people do. But it's Same. like, I I think like, it's because rom coms don't usually require a big budget. And they, it, I don't think they need a big budget. Like, I don't mind that they're not being made for big budget theater releases anymore. But what if George Clooney and Julia Roberts went to Bali? <laughs> oh, my God, that movie. <laughs> Which also, did that? the new one with Jennifer Lopez Ticket to Paradise. Oh, they go to Bali? i never seen this. Didn't it's that one come out in theaters? The one with, um... Oh, my God, what the fuck is it called? With, um... Oh, um... J-Lo and what's the fucking... Oh, Shotgun Wedding. Shotgun I was yeah. literally watching that last night. Did I it come out in theaters? It. I truly I, don't know. I don't know. Did it come out in theaters? Or I truly that... uh, sure. No, but it's it was, streaming. It was Prime, right? I think because yeah. I think that yeah. was Prime. I do want to watch it. And that. I feel like Prime doesn't really release things in theaters Paul all that much. Paul said it was much. funny. Yeah. Uh, it looks fun. Ticket to Paradise is not good. I don't recommend it. Paul also saw that, and he was like... I liked seeing them, but he right. said the movie itself was, like, not yeah. but It's also, good. like, listen, I don't want to be a buzzkill, but, like, I don't want to see all these old fucks in rom <laughs> man. <laughs> Give me those 30-something. I also, I mean, they're not, it's not really aimed at us at that point. It feels exactly. like it's... Exactly. I'm not... It's, no, not it's, like, yet. a slightly... I wouldn't even say it's, like, aimed at our parents. It's, like, no, what, like, Gen there's X. Some, there's some middle point yeah, that it's aimed at. Like a vaguely less cynical Gen X... Represent, yeah. yeah. But no, anyways, like I, I don't, I, I think it's more about the caliber of movie versus where they're coming out. That's what I care about. No, and I it's... agree. I agree as well. It just feels like that's one of those things now where it's just if you're putting anything in theaters, it's going to be a franchise movie, and if not, it's like we don't care. And then it also becomes gradually. I think after that, it gradually becomes kind of like. Well, do we even bother making these other movies? Like, is there a point well, even yeah, to like? Yeah, but make... I mean that's a bigger conversation about the death of cinema. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's got we got bigger problems than rom coms aren't coming out in movie theaters with what's happening right, in movie right, theaters. Right, right. Yeah. However, we we talk about where we are in rom com era. We're on the way out. I only want to talk about the caliber of movie. I don't want to talk mm. about where they're coming out. And what I think about what the caliber of movie we're getting is, is starting to dip. 
No, it is. Dips bad. There are much until about a couple of years from today. Right. There are there are much less memorable rom coms in my estimation, at least coming out around yeah. this point. Yeah. Right. Like I would say, only in the last couple of years are we starting to make good rom coms again. Yeah. Is that and, a bold and statement to make. It's been twenty. No. I don't know. Years since and I think to be fair, also fair. there were periodically good ones coming out, but they were few and far between. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there's like that one that I always reference a lot uh, is like the sort of like uh, modern take on sleeping with other people. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. one. It's like um, yeah. what else? Harry Met Sally. Yes, Harry Met Sally. Thank you. I know what you're my thinking brain, all the time, Lee. I always know what you're thinking. <laughs> and then uh, Jason Manzoukas and Andrea Savage, right? Are they in that too? Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. The, the secondary yeah. couple. Yeah. I would also say just sort of going off of this, and this is like another conversation to have entirely, but just thinking back on this as, again, a movie that was on TV all the time, mm-hmm. like 10 years ago up until today, kind of what we had talked about, the terrifying world of weaponized nostalgia. These aren't good movies, no. but then you start to have people treating them like they're good movies. Yeah. Like, it's terrifying to me how many people are like, actually, the Jim Carrey Grinch is a good movie. And like, no, no it's a piece not. of shit. It's, it's ugly really as fuck. Not. It's terribly acted. It's not funny. Like, don't come at me with your fucking... Like, it's fine to be nostalgic for this movie and be like, I enjoy watching it because I was a child when I saw it. It's another thing entirely to watch something like this and be like, actually, this is good and we should hold this up as a good I, example of X. I also, and again, I don't want to go, I don't want to go deep into this either, but I want to re-normalize the idea of liking something the time that you liked it and then maybe you just grew out of liking that and that's fine. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to love Harry Potter as yeah. much when you're 35 as you did when you were in middle, like... It's so weird to me how whatever we liked then, we must like now. That's the sort of thing a Slytherin would say. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. How would you then rate the quality of this movie? Wait. Bad. Uh, yeah, I would say it's not great, Chris. Not, it's not like the uh, worst. Not great. You yeah. guys are both, you guys are both coming in way hot right uh, now. Yeah. Not great, Chris. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Like, I yeah. agree. It's not, it's not, by no means is this the worst rom-com I've ever seen. No. There are moments of it that are quite enjoyable. My best friend's girl has yet to come out. At this point? <laughs> I think so. has <laughs> yet to come out. Honestly, in terms of rom-coms we've done, I think... Uh, is, yeah, this must be before My Best Friend's Girl. Yeah, and I, my best, I, listen, Best I've, Friend's Girl and... I have, uh, best Friend's Girl is like, what, 08, 09? I, I have say. gone to bat for My Best Friend's Girl for a few reasons, but I'm not going to tell you it's a better movie than this. Well, but like Best Friend's Girl, um, 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 Just Friends, and... That's Nate. You were on oh, wait, okay. And uh, Maid of Honor. All three of those, I think, are... Uh, openly more mean in there. Yeah, I think, and I I would also say that all of those are worse in my estimation than this movie. Yeah, I agree. Which, again, damning with faint praise, not saying this is a good thing, but I'm saying those are bad. The one, the note that I have about, like, where we are with rom-coms, right, is that it's hard to talk about this with rom-coms because, like, before this you have good rom-coms, but... It, like it's hard they don't age well good no. rom-coms seldom age well mm. because they are again we're ta- We're going to talk about the politics in this right movie. very of their moment in terms of sexual yes. and gender and politics and so it's hard yes. to like you have to when you watch the 90s and it's not just the politics it's like the styles like you have right. to like you have to watch you've got mail and be like okay we played the cranberries a lot right. back then and we did all <laughs> these things that, and it was very like kind of hammy and cheesy and we don't really do that in movies yeah. anymore mm-hmm. but you have to know that you're going to watch a 90s rom-com, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to kind of, like, dial your brain back in right. time to watch some of these older ones. I almost, this, something like that almost, like, I almost have mixed feelings about something like that. Like, on the one hand, I sort of miss that weird kind of, like, earnestness and, like, not realizing that these things are kind of, like, goofy and hokey, right. you yeah. know? And, like, because now it just, it feels like, it, it, this is such a weird, like, way to jump at this topic, but it's something I've noticed whenever I see commercials. During Christmas as background music, there are YouTube compilations 
variations of like Christmas commercials from the 70s and 80s. And sometimes when I'm at work, I just put them on in the background as a way of having like things to like have to listen to vaguely. And it's always this weird thing where like those commercials are so like straightforward and like trying to come at you from an emotional place. And I feel like so many commercials nowadays are like, we're so random and hilarious. It's not like, you know, our insurance company brings families together. It's like, here's a goofy mascot doing strange things. Buy insurance. It's just to feel like there's a weird cultural shift away from like a more genuine place. They're trying to respond to the idea that viewers are more aware and they're more (laughs) jaded than they were before. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what that's meant to be a response to because they're like, well, our ads aren't going to like manipulate advertisements. We're just fun. Ultimately, that just becomes ads. Like right now, though, I feel like that's currently a dated thing to say because I feel like right now, if you look at the if you look at the TikTok or the the social media. I think you will find a lot of people. I'm not. I'm not just saying like specifically TikTok. I'm saying like if you like are paying attention to like the vibes out there. Mm-hmm. I think you'll find a lot of people who genuinely do want more earnestness or like mm-hmm. who are more willing to express like, hey, we're all human beings. Like especially younger people now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People our age and younger, I think, are more willing to be like, all right, we're not actually we're not like it was cool to be cynical for a while, but I think we all kind of want this. I don't know. That's just my that's just my two cents on that. But I mean, um, I'm not against it. I'm not I'm like if it. that's a cultural shift that happens, I'd be okay I with mean, it. But like yeah. this movie has some of those his things like it has yes. the run to the airport which yeah. is the Right. It was one of the even by this point that was like a hacky yes. right. Yeah. yeah. Which which I think also now that you say it, like that this movie is like at an interesting crossroads between like a more sort of traditional, shall we say, nineties rom com with the more sort of jaded vibes that you might get moving further on to the future with especially like when you look at the rom coms of my best friend's girl and stuff like that, where it's kind of ostensibly a rom com, but more of a comedy than well, a romedy. Yeah. I see what you're saying because like there is somewhat of a self-critical or more self-aware or even slightly meta edge to the idea that they're both trying to sell, knowingly trying to sell or manipulate a common fantasy or a common idea or a common stereotype that would also play in a rom-com, but at the same time is itself a really, like, kind of down the middle example of a rom-com because you also have one of those classic lady jobs of yeah. working at a ladies magazine what does she really want to do write about Tajikistan but right. what does she have to write about instead Shoes. how to cry yes. your way out of a ticket and yeah, yeah. this almost does it's, feel like I'm sorry are you, it, no no please okay, yeah okay. it almost does feel like a slightly less jaded version of um, what's your number you yes yeah. in terms of like what's your number sort of like builds upon this it yes. makes it a little bit more like winky and ironic although in some ways doesn't take it far enough no yeah it doesn't but um and i i think lee also when you had said earlier the thing that this reminded you a little bit of was down with love in terms of um that's like a battle of the sexes right slash double deception yes which is yeah that that's absolutely what down with love is doing where it has like the twisteroo at the end where actually renee zellweger is like aware of the fact that you're deceiving her and has been running her own shenanigans this whole time and this movie does very much feel in terms of plot like a sort of rock hudson doris day 1960 sex comedy the difference being that I think and again like I'm not an expert in this so like I can't say this with all certainty but I think most of the time in those movies at least the ones I've seen is that it is always the man who is running like the con the on the woman yeah. for something yeah and the woman is like never ever ever in on it yeah. until the end of the movie and they find out and they cry and then they're like actually I love you anyway well it's like it's an, so you had phases right because like screwball comedies the woman yes. had all 
the power. Yes. And then in the 60s, there was a mixture, though. There was yeah. a movie I remember specifically. It had, like, I can't remember anyone's name. Oh. Uh-huh. But it had it had a girl and three guys. They were all very nice actors. <laughs> was this a pornography? No. <laughs> there was a this girl. This is like listening to my dad try and describe a movie. <laughs> there, was a, there was a girl and three guys. <laughs> Garner. There's a guy named Garner. James Garner. James, James, James Garner. Garner. Okay. Is the male, is the actual romantic leader. Right. There's okay. two other guys. And it's a woman who has a Polish name. I think she's in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Uh, it's not Lansbury, is it? No, not Lansbury. Maybe it's a different witch movie. Okay. She's oh, is it Bell Book and Candle? Yes. Is it Novak? Kim Novak? Yes, okay. Kim Novak. I love Kim Novak. It's Kim okay. Novak and James Garner and two other guys. I'll look it up real quick. Wait, you Novak was in a movie called Bell Book and Candle? Yeah, she plays a witch. She is a um, psych student or something. She's some sort of grad student, and she's mm-hmm. like, I want to do a study on... Boys Night Out? Yes, on Got midlife it. crises okay. with men. And yes. so she like gets these guys, convinces these three guys who are like having midlife crises and want to have an affair or considering it to like have an affair with her in this play, but like none of them actually ever want to have sex with her. Uh-huh. Except for James Garner, who's the only single one. That's funny. She, she just like gets the, she, so she's conning them, basically. She's like doing research on them, but they think that like, oh, this hot lady Is wants to hang out yeah. with us. So it's kind of, so you still have that, I think, in the 60s, but. Yeah. Doris Day, if you're talking about those, Doris Day was like the picture of innocence always. Right, right. So it's like she was just like, right, sweet and virtuous. Um, I do think there is a certain late 90s, early 2000s, almost like subtype of that, though. Because it's not just that there's a deception being run. It's specifically a bet. And I felt like that was a very big thing for deception-based rom-coms at the time, where there would be an emotional, so this was all a bet, and yeah, it started that way, but I really fell in love right. with I mean, you. like, that's aggressively, but, like, like the, the she's all that aftermath. Yes. The, it's tough with these movies, because there's, nobody has a leg to stand on in the big con- final confrontation. It's, right. right. You both... You're both terrible you're people. Both, you're both crazy right. liars. Yeah, yeah, and you've both done terrible things. So, like, it does... That, that's one of the things that kind of bugs me about that as, as, as it comes up in here, as it is in movies. You feel like if this were two real people who did this, at the end, it wouldn't be, like, the woman leaving in tears being like, I can't believe you called me! And the man being like, you called me too, you horrible woman! In real life, I feel like you'd just be like, this is weird, right? right. This is embarrassing. Like, yeah. I can't believe we both did this to yeah, each other. Yeah, it would be just like... Like, it'd be, like, almost funny to be like, like, you yeah. were doing this, I was doing this. And, you'd be, and I think at that point, you'd either assess and be like, should we try you know and do what? this for real? Like, or should... was, we were kind of vibing. Yeah, like, like, and then you would be like, should goes? we continue with yeah. this? Or, like, have we deceived each other so much that it's not worth would, trying I anymore? I feel like the point I is, love that version of this. I do, too. Where they And then they have a conversation where they're like, well, we did kind of connect unexpectedly. I think, though, my expect- expectation of that were to happen in real life is... You have to put yourself in such a weird headspace to feel okay lying to this person so consistently. And not only that, but like actively terrorizing them and trying to drive them away. Yeah. That I feel like if you would, if you were to both, re- like your, both of your deceptions are revealed at once, I feel like you're just like, fine, I fucking hate you. Yeah. Like, get the fuck the away way, from me. The way that this is framed too, right, is interesting because obviously they're both lying to each other. Right. And we only see guilt from her point of view. Correct. We right. see him feeling guilty. Right, which I do it. think is strange. Yeah, like, so then at the end too, it plays out as if he's the one that's been fucked over. Right, over right, him. right. Because he's the one that's like, well, you just lost. Right, he's angry and she's sad. Yes. So like, he's the one who feels wronged here. Well, because... I guess the movie wants us to believe it's more humiliating what happened to him, but I don't think it is. No. I think I it's know. equally humiliating. I, I, yeah, I think like directions. you're you're both kind of fucked. Yeah. yeah. I also just kind of feel like if you have this realization of like, oh, this is the kind of person I am and that's the kind of person they are, 
I would be so disgusted with myself and them that I'm like, no, of course a relationship can't work. Yeah. We've literally only deceived exactly. each other. Exactly, right. Like, yeah. But I think that the whole end is just falls apart for me because, like, the, like it just doesn't make it, like, I, they, I clearly wanted this big confrontation, but it doesn't make any sense the way it plays out where it's like, okay, you learn at this big event that you've both been lying to each other, and you immediately decide to make a huge public scene. <laughs> right. No, like, I, I do agree. Like, wh- where did Kate Hudson get off on yeah. doing that? Like, what what made her think just that she should do that? Just pull him aside and be like, what was that? Yeah. Like, what was the, really what was Right, like, what's your best case scenario for, like, pulling him up on stage and, like, singing at him? Oh, you know, yeah. Like, what are you hoping to get He's here? He's so vain. Right. Um, he probably thinks the song's about him. It does set up that really funny moment for the security guy to be like, I do hey, like pause, it. time out. <laughs> I got to get this. Still, yes. You still could have had that, right? They could have, like... Right, they've just been, like, fighting, like, like fighting, yelling so yeah. aggressively. The security guard is like, hang on a minute, well, takes no, the necklace and is like, She yeah. could have pulled him to the courtroom or something. Right. And then, like, he storms out. She storms out or whatever, and, like, the security is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you can't actually leave with the necklace. Yeah. You could have had that moment, but it just isn't... Yeah, that, that whole like ending kind of falls apart but it's, like, yeah. it's just not how that would play out it's not how Kate Hudson's character acted it's like it's how her like insane manic depressive like alter ego would have acted right, right? but not how actual but not Kate how Hudson. real Kate Hudson would have acted yeah. so it's a baffling choice and then it on is. top of that too you also have like we said before the whole chase to the airport thing which has been done a million times before yeah. and like again the weirdness of her just being I better go to Washington DC like I better <laughs> yeah. just up and leave <laughs> the city my life yeah. Also, yeah she says something that I thought was so funny where she was like but I have to go to DC it's the only place I can write where I want to write yeah is it well <laughs> and, and, I, says, and then like he says he's like right yeah no and McConaughey does say like I think you're just running away which I, I, I imagine is supposed to be like the subtext right. of the scene that we're playing with but it still is like Catherine Hodge should pull her aside and be like this is a little nuts right like you're not really going yeah. to like uproot your entire life and go to watch your apartment right for the next state yeah exactly like you don't even have a job so yeah. like what you're just gonna go in there and like hope you find a job I, in DC I also do love that Kate Hudson's whole like falling out with BB Newworth and composure is like okay so now that I've written How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and it's like a huge smash or whatever and BB Newworth is so pleased and she's like she says something like um you can go you can write about you can write whatever wherever, wherever the, the wind, wind blows, blows you. you yes and I just love that Kate Hudson is so wounded that at the women's magazine called Composure, where all they're doing is orgasms and pants and like flat tummy tea or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And she's like, you mean I can't write about international politics? Yeah. What the fuck? She says, this this one is more of a light breeze. (laughs) Yeah, gentle breeze. I'm sorry, Kate Hudson, that's the magazine. Right. You really can't be mad at them. Did you really think, like, you... You You took this job, like... If you thought at the beginning that writing this article was going to mean that you could publish a Israel-Pakistan... Right. Palestine. Yeah, Palestine. Did you... If you thought that that was going to happen... Right. You're dumb. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. And, and like, that's... I almost think, and, you know, drifting into, like, character, I guess, a little bit, like, it'd be more interesting if... Well, one, if Kate Hudson, like, had a character, but two, if her character was less, like, I want to do real journalism, and more, like, I think what we're doing is, like, has a purpose. Like, I think that, like, this has a value. I still want to be doing what I want with it. Like, if I... You know, maybe you do want to talk about, like, gender inequality a little bit like that. Like, that feels like a good thing. We talk about, like, you know, women being financially independent. Right. Right. Like, there are things that you can do that, like, matter. It's not, like, all fluff. This is why I think it's a... There's this weird unspoken dichotomy that, like composure is not real journalism and writing about politics is and I'm like 
but I'm, you could write about women's reproductive health. Like, there, there's shit within composure that you could bend in the more serious direction, Kate Hudson. It's and not it's impossible. The, it's the whole no. Sullivan's Travels ending, too, where, like, you figure out that, like, oh, my goose want to write comedy. Right, like, people need <laughs> things that are, like, fluffier sometimes because life is horrible and sucky. Yeah, right. And sometimes people need things like this to unwind, you know? Yeah, it like, turns out the homeless people don't like, care right, about Don't want to see your, like, mopey movie. Yes. They just want to see Charlie Chaplin fall over some shit. Right. And, like, I think that's 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 a that's, good point. That's, that's a good ending, frankly. Yeah. yeah. We've been kind of brushing against this topic, but I... I think it's worth getting into what are like the gender and sexual politics of this world. I mean, aggressively dated. Well, I talked about it during we were watching the movie, but Kate Hudson here and in other movies plays like the the dream guys gal, the yeah. dream guys oh, yeah. gal, where yeah. it's like she's she's hot, but she drinks beer and right. goes to the Knicks. Right, she, she, likes, she, she likes burgers. Yeah, she loves yeah. like while all her lady friends are eating salads, she's right. eating a cheeseburger. And, you know, yeah. she's just like a little more like relaxed and confident. She's not as uptight and prissy like chicks usually. Right, not like that fucking Catherine. Am I right? right? Like so frantic and manic. And always emotional. Right. It's very uncreative. One hundred and one. You know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Bullshit. Uh, women, act, women be this, men be that. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's like but again, two... except for Kate Hudson, who is the whole like cool girlfriend stereotype. Right. But you yeah. also imagine it's. I do think it's telling that that cool girl stereotype is a woman that acts like a man, but a man that acts like a woman is considered weak and disgusting. Well, sure, of course. Also, <laughs> that's gross. I don't want to see that. A woman that acts like a man, but is still a hot woman. Right, but, like, right. that's the thing, too, because she's not, like, right. yeah. it's not like she, she like, she takes care of herself. She wears makeup and wears lovely dresses so, yeah. and, like, you know, weighs 108 pounds or whatever. I guess it's just, it's, it's such a weird male gaze performance that's in media that I would otherwise... I wish there were more male gaze in women, this. But, I guess the idea is you're presenting Kate Hudson to women as like, this is what you should be aiming for. The male writers, male director, and male producers sure, yeah. sure think so. There's also the characters, the the two Judys, who it's like, I think it's very impressive that yes. this movie makes two uh, woman characters who are like, ostensibly like right about everything they everything say, and yet still I hate them present them the movie like still presents them as the villain well, it's yeah, like the movie doesn't the realize you know why. that it's saying that they're you know, right yes. they're they're the villains because they're two no fun broads really trying to bring yeah. it down on a cool guy like Matthew McConaughey right. it doesn't matter that they had to sit through what looked like an interminable dinner while Matthew McConaughey and his chuckle fuck boss talk about what women want from diamonds and yeah. they're like being talked over the whole time and they're actually like, well, actually, women want the save it, honey. We're gonna go we're, go frost yourself. You know what they are? They're like the same type of stock underdeveloped characters as the two women from the Christmas movie we did, the app movie. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's like we're her, like her nemesis, woman and henchwoman. Yeah. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Who like a yes woman? All like yeah, who just like says yes to everything. Right, right, right. And they're just like stuck. Like we do business together, and we're very serious. Right. And, and you're just yeah. not used to that. Those characters being right in the long run, though. Because yeah, but I mean, <sighs> they're these characters are like right, but also they like are evil. they are evil and also caricatures. <laughs> yes. And like therefore, like you like again, I. They, you hate them because, like, you resent how badly they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they're also, I, I think, again, they're unintentionally right, because I don't think the movie is trying to put forth the idea that, actually, these two characters have it all figured out. I feel like the, like, no, the creative team did not realize no. that what these women were saying is yeah. the truth. I am, fully prepared, I am yeah. fully prepared to believe I saw a different movie than what they made. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. 
But I, I do think it's a complicated truth of they're, they're assholes and they're also like terribly written, insultingly written female characters, but they are also victims of patriarchy within this Honestly, movie. Honestly, I think the woman who gets away the best is like the other friend, the one that's barely... Any the one who like barely matters. Yes, yeah. who's barely there. Yeah. Because we don't have enough time to see how... To like, yeah, to like even deal with her. Yeah. I don't even know, think we know if she has like a relationship. They or, never mention it, I don't, we don't think. Know. Yeah. But yeah, Catherine Hahn's character is the the exact opposite oh, of right. Kate Hudson. And, and Catherine Hahn is like a quivering chihuahua throughout yeah. this movie. Yeah, this She's like... constantly uh, upset yeah. and spiraling. And yet when the movie requires it, and it really should have been the other friend. I, I don't I know agree. why it's Catherine Hahn. I assume that like maybe they realized that, like Catherine Hahn was kind of popping more and they were like, oh, guess, she needs yeah. more screen time. But I agree with you from a plot perspective, you would 100% not ask Catherine Hahn because, to do that. You would yes. ask your other it friend. It doesn't seem like Catherine Hahn would be able to play it cool. At, yeah, right. Trying- Someone, yeah, she's she's this like sort of weeping, delicate <laughs> flower is able to, to be like this perfect mask of, a, of like a couple's therapist. Right. You expect Matthew McConaughey to like say something triggering to her and all of a sudden she just like yeah. falls apart. <laughs> I mean, that's how it can she's, she's otherwise. of like her f- f- fifth ex-boyfriend yeah, right. five years ago. Which is also just like another kind of just bummer of a shittily written character where it's yeah, just this woman get... constantly going to pieces over a man. Yeah. It's a ways of Catherine Hahn. It's again, Truly. she's just forced to play like a stereotype of like sad woman. Right. I think it, it must have like really just been before we knew like what Catherine Hahn could, could do. Us. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was just sort of like, I don't know, she's playing a best friend. Yeah. She looks like a best friend. And then you've got... Uh, Thomas Lennon and uh, Adam, Goldberg. Adam Goldberg Adam playing Goldberg. like ba- basically ele- slightly elevated cavemen. <laughs> basically, <laughs> and the, the the news that one of them was supposed to be a nerd was was weird. They're to just me. insane. I mean, you didn't really because he's wearing like a sweater vest. I guess so. I it was just, like, yeah, of course he's a nerd. That's what red is gay to me because he's dressing nicer than his other straight. Friends. No, but he's not dressing nice. He's dressing nerdy. There's a difference. Because oh. look at the gay guy who works at Composure magazine and look he's at Thomas Lennon. There. Right. So like squint really closely. Pause. <laughs> Pause the Pause DVD. The yes. and, the and just look him in the background. He's, he's bald for one thing. He's clearly like he's well, then shaved. I then I don't see him. <laughs> I do not. See I do him. not see men without hair. Thank <laughs> you. Um, he clearly, it was a style choice. Clearly, like right. he was like it was a shiny head. Like he, yeah, his shit was wet. Um, the, I think like the most insane thing to me is the, again the fact like the reveal that Thomas Lennon has a wife who he has oh a terrible God. relationship with because she periodically suggests that they get a divorce. Then he'll say, let's go to couples therapy and he'll get, quote, four days before she realizes that like something's amiss it's or it's not going better. I just feel like... And that's just like, that's you're sad to me. Every four days. Like maybe you shouldn't be together. Well, that's what I feel like. That almost felt like a, like a sitcom marriage on speed because mm-hmm. I'm just like... You know how it's uh, in a sitcom where sometimes like a stand-up will go to the whole, like, my wife's a bitch, well, way too often, and it's to the point where it's like, why are you still with this person? I kind of feel that way in that situation. It's, I'm like, if well, you're, he, he if you're reaching this crisis point and you don't want to go to therapy, then just break up. Yeah. He, I mean, the both of them look. I mean, again, I call them elevated cavemen because every time they're in the scene, they're just most of the time they're just sort of staring, like yeah. the furrowed and brow, sort of like mumbling, yeah, furrowed brow, yeah. mumbling, and and he just he he does always look like he's on the verge of a breakdown. Yes, like, it almost barely keeping. I, I almost together. feel like they're 
should have been like a version of this script where he gets where, with Catherine right where Thomas Lennon gets with Catherine Hahn and it's presented as a good thing because they're both so like neurotic and crazy yeah. that like they somehow balance each other out perfectly that would you know? be pretty funny yeah and then Adam Goldberg can get the other friend right like they're like hey <laughs> neither of us have a personality or matter right right yeah both of us are just brunettes who are here my personality trait is I'm a man right I'm the sounding board yes she's like I guess I'm the normal and I say like one sensible rational thing in the end which is to get you to read the article and that's it and that's the most character I've ever shown <laughs> but otherwise like i mean this movie is just full of you know outside of the 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 unbelievable mold breaker of guys gal kate hudson it's very like women do this and act this way men do this and act that way yeah that's it those are the two modes you get thankfully we have kate Gen- to show Gen- us the way gender yeah. is absolute and very binary it is it's it's definitely a lot of like yeah the guys because it's again the guys are like well you can't sell diamonds because you don't understand women right as if, like that's as if they're these like mysteries as if dime <laughs> as if female products haven't been sold by men <laughs> for hundreds of years at that I also just want to point out um, some of the some of the bullshit that they tried to get away with um, does not track for me like uh, when she's over, like redoing his apartment. I do not expect, I mean, I think what they're going for was girly and where we landed was grandma because she's putting like doilies all over the toilet yeah. and potpourri in a bowl. And I'm like, this well, is not the teddy bear. That's like number one lover. Right. This is not what someone in their, you know, early to mid twenties is doing in New York. Right. I mean, I guess my thought would be that Kate Hudson knows that this is not what women are doing in New York. And I she's just so. trying to make Matthew McConaughey feel like a, but like who the fuck knows? Cause we don't even see Kate Hudson's apartment. Cause again, she's not a character. Isn't that funny that we, we get to know the, the version of herself that she plays, but I don't think we ever, get to know who she is as a person whatsoever outside of her job and her interest in sports. Yeah, and that she knows how to solve the Tajikistan situation. Yeah. She knows how to create lasting we'll get, peace. We get like you. moments of emotional vulnerability from her, which we don't get from Matthew McConaughey, really, until I guess he's angry, but I don't understand why he's angry per se in the end. Yeah. So it's... I think we're robbed of both ends of the spectrum a mm-hmm. little bit because, like, yeah, we get, like, Matthew McConaughey's family and we kind of see what his right. home life is like. But I don't know. I don't really know what he's feeling. <laughs> no, I, I know. I do agree with you. I think like the most we really get from this family is that it like yeah. humanizes him a little bit in a right. way that we hadn't gotten before. Yeah. Meanwhile, I know what I kind of know a little bit more about like, what Kate Hudson is feeling, but I don't know why she's feeling that way. Right. Although it does emphasize uh, when you meet his family, it emphasizes the absence and complete lack of mention of her family, and it does set up like a weird thing where like she talks later about how like Matthew McConaughey's mom hugged her. And the way that she says it and brings it up almost makes it seem like I just haven't been hugged by a mom. In right, so or long. that like you know, like I thought when she, it was going to come out that like her mom had died right. some time ago, and she was like, I like I remember what it was like being hugged by my mom, and I haven't felt that since. And it's just like, yeah, that would be something. Like that'd be something to do. Instead, it's just like she's sad, I guess, because it humanizes Matthew McConaughey in a way she had heretofore not done, and now she feels guilty. Yeah, but it honestly is just funny that the movie doesn't seem to realize that it's just left out this entire inner life for her right. like backstory it's just so funny that the movie it does never seems to occur to the script and whoever wrote it that like oh yeah this giant hole exists in my main character yeah and I mean both of them frankly still but anyway yeah do you want to segue then into yeah acting in character yeah, yeah. Let's talk about them characters. Kate's fandom. Kate's um, I guess fandom. let's start with uh, Kate Hudson as Andy. She you is really like top it. build. Huh? You really like it. 
Like what? Kate Hudson. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's what you've said the whole time. You like the performance. I do, I do. You I, like the acting. I like, I like the, the acting. I like... Uh, racist! Kate <laughs> Hudson's always going to the racist! Racist! I just feel like <laughs> her performance is fun to watch even when the lines get very bad. Yeah. I, yeah, I think Kate Hudson does a good job playing like, you know, a hollow... Easter egg of a character who has no inner life or soul or anything. Yeah. The backstory or she, yeah. <laughs> she's very good at like uh, she's good at playing that kind of manic character, right? Right. She's she's because she kind of does this in My Best Friend's Girl as well. Right? Uh-huh. She gets these moments where she and she also kind of does it in um, Alex and Emma a little bit too. Whenever she's yeah. playing like the other personas, she has to play the yeah. personas and, and she definitely does this in Glass Onion. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very she's true. playing basically her whole character and an almost yeah. famous kind of. It's yeah. been a while since I've seen I All Famous, seen but I'll, I'll concede that. She way. kind of originates the whole Manic Pixie Dream Girl act mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. But yeah, she, so she's good at that. Um, but yeah, she's... She, again, we talked about that she's 23. She's very convincingly Yeah, she's insanely older, young right? in this movie. It is nuts to think how yeah. young she is in this movie. I don't movie. know what it is, if it's styling or the way she carries herself, but I would have I would have guessed 30. Yeah, I could have easily thought 30 as well. Not a bad way. She no. looks great, obviously, but it's like... She looks more mature. I would have said 23. Yeah, yeah, than a 23-year-old does. Yeah. I have issues with her character, but not <laughs> because of her. Oh, yeah, like what? Like, what is she... Uh, what you, uh, oh, well, if, if I was going to quibble, I would say, who are you? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Here. What do you want? Here, right. Why did you take a job of composure? Where, where assuming you... that they would give you carte blanche to write about <laughs> geopolitical situations? Right. Like, where do your motivations come from? Do you have a family? Yes. Do you have yeah. siblings? Are any of them alive? Uh, did you kill them? <laughs> did you kill she them? had to remake herself so she slaughtered she <laughs> her family and moved to New York. And then she she would only uh, that's why Catherine Hahn was such a great choice as a friend because she's too she's in such constant <laughs> emotional turmoil that she can't even she never, suspect something's amiss with she, her best friend she doesn't ever question uh, why she knows nothing about her best friend's history um, <laughs> but yeah like I mean I enjoy watching her I think she's she sells the shit as best as it could be sold yep. yeah yeah and she like improvised a lot of it according to IMDb really? if you look at IMDb like half the trivia is like Kate Hudson improvised X so if one assumes that Honestly. IMDb is correct it seems like literally almost every scene was like she had the outline of what to do to like annoy Matthew McConaughey and was just sort of like allowed to do whatever the hell she wanted to do I wonder if there was ever a, a similar thing happening for my best friend's girl like I wonder if she if she also got to do that there yeah. but as we all know there was no director there so like, no the movie made itself <laughs> the for, movie, yeah. sprung Probably forth not. from the head of a drunken Zeus <laughs> <laughs> um Matthew Mc- McConaughey hey I mean uh He's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I, I... He's not... He's not for me in general. I don't yeah. necessarily have a problem with him. I'm just... It's not... It doesn't... He doesn't do anything for me, so he did not do it. Right. Like, I don't really find him that attractive. And he's got, like... He's got some charm to him. And, like, I, I think... I, I guess I'd, I'd kind of wonder, like, a little bit about his character just in general. Like, do you feel like this type of male character comes off as a little better than you thought it might have? Because I think that was kind of my one takeaway Pretty with his character. Well, I've never seen him, but what's that fucking movie with Catherine Heigl and Gerard Butler where they're holding the hearts on the, the ugly poster? Truth. Yeah, it's where it's like, he's, like, such, so a, he's such a gross man's man. And here Matthew yeah. McConaughey is like... He's like a guy, but he's not like inept or he's a like little broy. I guess he's a little broy, but I he's mean, not like a fucking raging misogynist or anything. Right? It's not like um, my best friend's girl level, where right. he's actively right. He's not like a fucking asshole. Right? Like maybe I, I guess that's we never really ex- like 
look and like you know explore his psyche too much so we don't know why he's never had a girlfriend right. that's lasted more two days why he's never brought a girlfriend home to meet his family before <laughs> it is just sort of like like again we don't know what the fuck this guy's deal is whatsoever yeah but like he comes off i think as a little less stupid or awful than i might have thought this character would have so like i guess that's something he's more mellow which i think makes it feel less aggressive yeah too. like <laughs> like i don't hate his character in this which is a nice change of pace as opposed to like again Dane Cook and my best friend's girl or Patrick Dempsey and Maid of Honor who I both think are like you people need therapy right. to like work through your issues Matthew McConaughey yeah. is just sort of like I don't know what your deal is but you don't seem that bad no, he's, he's fine or, he needs like he, he needs uh, woman friends right yeah, yeah that's mostly it yes. elements of his side of things not necessarily his performance but yeah. all of the scenes at him in his ad uh, at his ad firm reminded me somewhat of what women want and I just it made me think of the explanation for why uh, Mel Gibson's character is the way he is is when he was a child his mother was an honest to goodness and they like this is how it's said in the movie uh, a Vegas showgirl and he was just there backstage with all these beautiful women and sparkly <laughs> bits all the time and being weighted hand and foot and like cooed over by all these women and that's the thesis for like why this womanizing asshole is the way he is that makes sense that makes perfect sense yeah, I get I mean, it so you know what don't let your young child be around Older, sexually confident women. Fuck them up. Yeah. Baby. I mean, is there anything else to say about any of the other actors in this movie? Like, I mean, Catherine Hahn doesn't get enough to do. Right. And what she does get to do is terrible. Thomas Lennon doesn't get enough to do. Right. And what he does get to do is terrible. I mean, Adam Goldberg doesn't do anything. Other other friend doesn't do anything. I feel bad for B.B. Newworth, who I think is as amusing as she can be within a nothing role. Yeah, they're, they're like little moments I like, like when they start the meeting at the beginning of PB Doers, like, everyone take your shoes she's, off and, like, yeah. get comfortable. I I like, I mean, she just, she's a pro. She does fun, compelling line readings no matter what bullshit she's in. Um, I just do need to shout out how many tight silk <laughs> East Asian tops she was yeah. wearing. Again, oh speaking of like wardrobes <laughs> that were very much of the time. Yeah. And then just like very severe hair as well. Like it was, it was, it was I tough. I mean, it, it, tell me you're a magazine editor without telling me you're a <laughs> In, in yeah. the early 2000s especially. Yeah. Um, I also just, was, is there anyone else? Uh, the one who plays his mom is, is a person. Yeah, I think his, I forget her, I can't remember her name, but she's definitely someone I've seen in shit. You're um, right. And they're all fine. Like, they're they're likable. I, I kind of like the family scenes the best. Yeah, I, I mean, felt well, because well, again, also, that's like one of the few scenes where Kate Hudson's not playing like a raving fucking lunatic. Right. So it's like... I like the family. Yeah, yeah so it's like you kind of see them like connect and be nice to each other Which, yeah. and like actually build up a relationship. It's a weird highlight of the movie. It's like a Because it feels movie. nice and not unpleasant. Right, yes. yeah. It's it's not watching two people actively deceive each other. Right. I mean, do you yeah. think that's an issue with this movie? Yes. Like, I'm just literally... Okay, and I'm, I'm literally like, I'm not being like leading. I'm just... No. I'm curious. Like, do you think there's an inherent problem with a rom-com where both characters are misleading each other as aggressively so as these two people are? About, I, think it can, yeah. I think it can be amusing. I just think the the, the manifestation it takes here, they're both so grating, uh, particularly what she's doing. He does much more reacting than he does, because he really just has to hang on. She really has to engage in, like, a campaign of terror to chase him off. Yeah. Um, so I guess she's, like, more annoying, but it's just not pleasant or fun to watch. There is just something unpleasant about watching that, and I think this movie, to a certain degree, mistakes cringe for comedy. And there is cringe comedy, mm -hmm. but a lot of this is just cringe. And I also think part of it is 
I think that was much more the style of humor then, and it just doesn't fly yeah. now. Yeah, I, like, th- this is the thing, too. I feel like, like, we had, I, I said this a little bit, I think, but, like, the movie has a couple of elements that are a little, like, less grounded in reality than other elements, mm-hmm. too. Like, like I said, like, the thing with B.B. Newhart's weird shoes thing. <laughs> I think, like, Lillian Montavecchi's Mrs. DeLauer character is, like, a little goofier than the rest of the movie. It definitely visually pops. Right, yes, definitely. And I think, like, there, there are aspects of this movie, and they are the aspects that I kind of grafted onto when I was watching it, that feel like they're from a much more over-the-top or heightened version of yes. this because the movie, for the most part, is kind of grounded in a vague reality. And I th- solid reality. Right, and I think like that's also the issue that you run into with something like this where you have two characters who are like actively deceiving each other for the entire runtime of the movie, you know? Right. And that's that's your problem right there. I, I will mean, say... Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, please. Um, there, we talked... I, I wish I could figure out if we made a... I don't know if we did, but we, we did, like, ages ago, a mini where we talked about... The, the genres, yes, I remember. We had the rom-com con. And there are definitely... I, I enjoy these, generally. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's definitely... I, I don't remember if we wrote it down in examples. I, if we did, I would go back and check, because obviously I think they do work, or I wouldn't have uh, put that as, like, a category right. and or remembered that I like that category but I'm trying like I think the reason it I think the double one is weird I think it's for similar reasons why I didn't like Down With Love Uh, I'm trying to remember in Down With Love how does that movie so years since I've seen this movie yeah to be quite clear it it has something to do with Renee Zellweger is not who she says she is yeah and she's like someone who like worked for or like knew Ewan McGregor years ago yeah and so he's deceiving her first but then it's revealed like we know the whole time that she's no we don't find out until the end that Renee Zellweger has been playing so isn't she also writing a book she, she's doing yeah. it to write a book, but the book, that's the reveal, is that after he deceives her, she's like, just kidding. Well, because that was she already wrote the book in Down With Love, where the book is, right. they're like, she wrote this book about how, like, men suck or oh, whatever, and right. Ewan yeah, McGregor's yeah. like, nah, I'll fall in love with her and show that her entire book is a charade, you know, that, like, she does want the love of a man, and she's just lying to herself or something right. like that. Yeah, but it turns out, yeah. It's that, just, like, she's looping him for some reason that yeah. I don't quite remember. Yeah, and then it kind of, I just remember it kind of ends with, like, him appealing to her and being like, but don't we both like each other, actually, (laughs) at all? And I I don't remember how it ends for them after that. Like, I remember that appeal. I don't remember how it ends. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I think in that movie it's a little bit better because it's not kind of happening quite at the same... Because you don't quite know that Renee Zellweger's doing what she's doing, or...? No, but because, like, it's not quite, like, happening, I guess, at the same time, I think is what I'm saying. Like, Mm, it's... I see. It's like, me... I don't remember... Again, I don't remember if she... I don't remember the. I don't remember if we have to talk about it. I don't think, but yeah, there. I'm trying to think. Like it's. I think it depends on the the type of lie you're doing, right? But in these in this movie, I don't think the lies are necessarily that bad. I, I mean, I, I guess yeah. I think the part about it. They've only known each other ten days. I guess if you think about it, McConaughey is potentially doing something kind of worse, or he's trying to make a woman fall in love with him just for like if if, if in reality you were just trying to make someone fall in love with you for whatever yeah. non-altruistic reason, yeah. that's a bad thing. However, he's I, not like, unlike Kate Hudson, he's not necessarily doing a lot of... The only reason he's acting is because she's being such a fucking maniac. Right. If she was just normal, he would just be trying to charm her with normal methods that any guy would use. Right, yes, but, but there but, is still a layer of dishonesty it would, it would to be it. Right, because right, like, right, that's not, the problem that you have. He's not pursuing then. a genuine yeah. interest. Right, because then like after 10 days, he's like, well, see you later, honey, or something. I actually want to take a step back for both of them and say, I think they're, I think they display, both of them display psycho behavior by 
getting involved on false pretenses in relationship for work and the fact that you're willing to well, that you're willing to act every, it's endorsed by everyone at I know right. the insane thing is that like everyone's boss is like yeah I'm with this <laughs> yeah but I just think it's in, first of all it's insane that his boss is like I'm gonna hinge this business decision based on whether or not you get a woman to fall in love with you which is so abstract but right. I love that he like has a three-second conversation with Kate Hudson is like, you did it, son! Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of that, I think it is equally psycho behavior to be like, I'm gonna like make this guy, I'm just gonna act like a total, in my personal life, I'm gonna act like such a lunatic that I'm gonna drive this person away. Yeah. I still have to live in the same city as this person and all of the people he knows and is definitely telling everyone what a lunatic I am. Yeah. This is worth it for my magazine there, job? Do you think also there's a possibility that if, <coughs> if you met Andy Anderson and she like started being like okay and then she started being a psychopath to you do you not think there's a possibility that you would say like this woman has like made a career of like writing magazine articles right. about like how to do X would you not suspect that there's a possibility that like she's doing something for some reason and now I'm stuck in this whirlpool right I feel yeah. like I might wonder that I don't um, know there, there's so there's two in my opinion there's two ways to get out of a rom-com con unscathed mm-hmm. The first way you get out of it is suicide pact. Yes, you have a big you have a big blowout where uh, whoever's doing the deceiving, which usually it's one person. It's yeah. really unusual that it's two here. But yeah. whoever's doing the deceiving is found out. There's a big argument. Blah blah blah. He apologizes or she apologizes. There's a grand display it, of blah, yeah. blah blah blah. And then they are apart for a while, and then some sort of resolution has happened yeah. after. Whether whether it's you know I forgive you later on or not, or something happens that makes the con not matter anymore. Yeah. Did we want to briefly cover the dearth of music? Look, okay, look, it's not even the music. There's there's a soundtrack to this movie that there's pop songs, right? Like this movie is had to toe to tip. Yeah, crawling with yeah, crawling with needle drops this fucking film. Um, the score itself is is terrible. It's not used very frequently. When it is used, there's a lot of like what I talked about before, I think with Kate and Leopold actually, where there's like this Mickey Mousing kind of thing for the score, where it's like something will happen, it's like do 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 Kate Hudson like puts a cucumber sandwich in Adam Goldberg's mouth and it's like Boop, 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 boop. Like, as right. she, like, put, like, just, like, like this is this is shit. Don't do it. Stop it. Stop it now. And then they're none, acting, like, eating none a more of this. Is, like, torturous. Yes. But on the other hand, it has EGOT winner Marvin Hamlish as himself. And they kind of just spend the time that he's on stage dunking on him. Which I find kind of hilarious. Like, there's yeah. something, there's a little part that will always find that hilarious where you, like, have, like, a celebrity guest show up. And everyone's like, ah, oh, fuck you, guy. Like, we got our own problems to deal with right now. The guy's just like, but, but, but what about me? And he's just, like, sitting there kind of befuddled. Yeah. Um, um, that's all I got to say for music. Do we want to... R.I.P. Marvin Hamlish. R.I.P. Marvin Hamlish. Do we want to uh, start on fixes? I can start. Sure. So, look, this was honestly, like, one of the easiest things um, for me to fix because, like, this this just sort of came together, like, very, very easily for me. Because I remember telling you guys when I was watching this movie for the first time, and they show, the opening credits are, like, the series of Andy's articles. You get the headlines where it's, like, how to talk your way out of a traffic ticket or how to feng shui your apartment, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then you, like, see Andy in her office writing, like, how to solve, like, the crisis in Tajikistan or whatever. And it's, like, it almost feels like it's the sort of thing you would expect in, like, they came together or something. Where yes. it's, like, yes. a woman working in a magazine and, and like, like, 
like her editor sees the article is like that's great we're gonna run that right, too yeah. like right after the shoe article it's a ludicrous thing to do and the movie to be fair like doesn't treat this as a joke it, it makes it into a bizarre plot point which I don't care for mm -hmm. but it becomes this whole thing where it's like like god she wishes she could write like meaningful shit like this but really like okay the issue is that this movie needs to be heightened to like an oomph level it doesn't quite have to be at a they came together style level but it needs to be like a little bit more ridiculous than that mm -hmm. the other thing I had like so I'm unlike Lee I think I kind of like that there is a double deception going on I think it's a very difficult needle I didn't to thread. say I didn't like okay. it I said it just makes things harder no, that's certainly true. I do think that that's an issue that's kind of solved if you make the movie less grounded in reality and have it be a little bit more ridiculous where everyone is kind of being duplicitous with each other. And so that way, I think it also allows the characters to be a little bit more charmingly malicious mm -hmm. in like a way that you can walk back from if it's a heightened comedy. And I had also just said this when I was talking to you guys. I kind of like the idea that like climactic argument at the end where they're on stage singing You're So Vain and it like all crumbles like cornbread from there. If it became this sort of thing where like you gradually find out that everyone has been making bets about everything the entire movie where like Adam Goldberg, Adam Goldberg is like I'm not actually your friend I just bet the boss that I could make you think I was your friend for the entire movie and Thomas Lennon's like my wife and I didn't want to get married we just made bets that we could get married and like like BB Newworth and the, the boss are like and we just bet each other that we could make this whole that, thing happen that too that we could make our star subordinates take on the most ridiculous jobs right and it almost becomes this sort of like trading um uh uh spaces yeah places or spaces, places yeah like, right Spaces is the show. You're Training right. places thing where it's yes. like these two rich old guys like manipulating everyone <laughs> around them for their own bizarre whims. I kind of wanted to escalate with that where it's like they reveal that like everyone that like has been leading these bizarre duplicitous lives and Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson are like what the fuck are you all doing? Like, what the fuck are we all doing? This like, is this what you people want? Like, you people want to live like these insane lies, these elaborate like charades with each other. Like, you don't just want to have like an actual genuine moment of connection with someone. Like, this is what you're looking for. Like, ostensibly yelling at the audience, being like, "You like this shit in a rom com? Like, this is what you jackals want." We both fucked up, but like, maybe we could see if this could actually work for us. And Kate Hudson's like, "Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let's try." And then you just end there. I would love for them to face the camera and or you know the movie's audience. Like. like what you jackals literally point at the audience. <laughs> is this what you wanted? <laughs> is this the slop you uh, pigs? Are you not entertained? <laughs> That's what I got. You actually stumbled onto an element. Oh, did I? Or um, you stole it from bets, me. Bets all around. Yeah, yeah. Lee and I had well, a bet that you would pick this element. So, okay, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a few things going on here. So I'm gonna have uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, uh, Kate Hudson. They are employees for the same media conglomerate. He is maybe more on the hard news side, and I don't want him to really be like a news anchor. I don't think that makes sense for his look or vibe. I think he's probably more like a news photographer. She's more on the, you know, the Ladies Weekly side where she maybe does not feel that satisfied with it. I think you can express that without setting up this false dichotomy of like real fake journalism in that way. Um, and I want this to be this sort of like very backstabby, everyone's sort of in it for themselves, everyone's playing each other to get ahead within this uh, huge sprawling like media empire. Um, and I think one of the one of the things I was thinking is it would be a fun running joke to ju there's just bets going awry like throughout <laughs> this. So like yeah. Kate Hudson's betting on things that you kind of see happen later, all of that. And I just I want as many like are you saying it was a bet scenes as humanly possible. Uh, but eventually, what I think we're driving towards here is. Um, I think it would be fun to have had Kate Hudson go through 
you could even do a montage of this, an escalating series of just like increasingly absurd gigs or assignments that she's getting from B.B. Newworth. And one that is, I think, can be treated in universe as truly insane is to like go out to do someone and then try to chase them off in 10 days. And uh, she ends up picking this like war photographer, basically. <laughs> and where I want this to go is that... <laughs> they ultimately realize that they want each other's jobs. He wants something much lower impact and more chill, and he's been playing around with a more feminine voice uh, in writing, so he can hop over there and she can actually go see, do I want to go and do serious journalism and news? And within this heightened world, we can just swallow that pill that it's easy enough to just go over to that department. I thought you were going to say, like, whenever you're talking about her, Kate Hudson taking, like, a montage of, like, heightened things that she was doing. I just had in my head, like, similar to, like, in this movie, where Kate Hudson's actions are not, like, giving the results that she wanted for this. So she has to get increasingly unhinged, and it culminates with her, like, pretending to have killed Matthew McConaughey's family. <laughs> he, like, goes into the house, and there's, like, blood spotted on the walls everywhere. And she's written, like, you made me do this, Andy! And he's like, oh my god! And the family just comes out, like, she made a mess in here! And he's just, Bullshit. And he's just like, oh boy, how do I walk this back? <laughs> Uh, Perfect. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lee. What I want out of this type of movie, and I want the dis- I want the con, and I want I want it to also somehow be a little romantic, and I don't, but I don't want to deal with the fallout. Mm-hmm. So here's here's my fact. I want to. I guess you turn off the comedy angle a little bit, and I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the '60s Doris Day raw cuts and shit. I want to go back to Shakespeare. <laughs> so I really think that the two leads should have kind of like a Benedict Beatrice vibe together, <laughs> and I like the idea. So in this movie, right now, it's kind of like, they both have these separate things they have to accomplish. She has to lose a guy, he has to get a girl. And the people on his side are sabotaging him by being like, oh, well, we're going to set you up with this girl because we know that she's going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. What I would like is for someone on her side to have her arrival that's, that's, that knows that he's trying to do anything. So there's a double sabotage. Right, okay, so yeah. I like it. So like, there are people on both their sides that are fucking each other, <laughs> fucking their, their, their friend over. Their friend over. Um, or their friend of me or whatever, right. their rival. And so they both go into this under false pretenses of like, well, we think it's going to be easy because we're like, I know I'm very charming. I know that I can be really insufferable. So like, we both know this is going to work out and it's just not working out. And they're both like, <laughs> what is happening? Um, and it's, so it's very much like, I really want to do that kind of battle of the sexist thing where they like, there's, it is kind of that like screwball, like we're both like fighting, you know, like power dynamic mm-hmm. thing happening. And it plays out like that where they're both like, they're both kind of carrying their car out like, what the fuck? fuck, I can't, like, why is this so hard? And I think also separately, like, to their own groups, they they start to, like, report back and kind of be like, you know, like, it's really a shame, like, when she's, like, not a total nutcase, she's, like, kind of cool. cool, or, like, he's, <laughs> she's, like, you know, he's, like, I feel really, I kind of feel bad doing this to him. I'm, like, some of the things I'm doing are so horrendous. I don't know why he's still putting up with me. <laughs> um, and he's kind of, like, a nice guy. So they're kind of like, because I kind of want to do that thing like where in Shakespeare you would normally do this with like soliloquies where you'd have characters like expressing their right. thoughts. Because uh-huh. I want I want you to, what you don't get enough of in this movie is I want to like see you, I want the audience to be able to see these characters falling in love during the con, which is hard to do, but if you, I think if you have them kind of talking to their friends a little bit, you get that. And I think at some point they both find out separately about the other's bet. Um, but they also yeah. both find out that, like, the person, their their rival, like, knew about this bet, mm-hmm. and that's why they, so they both are like, okay, this person's been lying to me, but also, 
Th this is, I don't care about that. What I care about is this fucking bitch tried to screw me over. <laughs> um, and so they both, like, kind of convene, and they're like, listen, both of our rivals tried to screw us over. We're going to have to, like, we're going to team up and now work together. So there's this, like, finale. And maybe you hide that from the audience, too, somehow, mm -hmm. where it's like... You find out at the end, yeah, like, secretly, yeah. Yeah, you find out that they colluded a little bit. Yeah. And I kind of want this finale to be, like, this big blowout fight. And I don't know how far I want to take it, but, like, as an example, this might not be what you do, but, like, one of them pulls a gun out. <laughs> Shoots the other, other one or something. That would be incredible. And it's just, like, squibs or whatever. Yeah. That would be <laughs> so like, good. And everyone's like, holy shit. And then they both get up, and it's like, you fuckers. <laughs> I hate all of you. That's not unlike... Yeah. Uh, there was an episode of Community uh, yes. where it was all about conspiracy theories. <laughs> right, right. And it all just unfolds at the end with multiple people getting shot with squibs and whatnot. Yeah. So I kind of want it to be like that, where they, they both... They, they, they find out that they're, they're being lied to by the other person, but really, like... It's not as important because they already know that they kind of vie with that person. And what's more important to them in that moment is, like, I'm mad at this person for trying right. to fuck me over. And so, like, it's not really their fault, like, because they also were... I'm sure that they... Because they probably find out that the other person's already been fucked over. Um, and so, yeah, I I think in that way you get to kind of have your cake and eat it, too, a little bit with the deception. Yeah. Like, and having the, like... You don't have to go too grounded or too dramatic. It's maybe a little dark, but I think it's it can still be cute and romantic. It's this kind of vibe of, like, these two people are, like... They're just meant to be together because they're both scheming, conniving, <laughs> <laughs> underhanded people. Little weasels. Yeah. So there you go. That's my fix. Oh, fun. <laughs> Final question of the of the eve. Would you recommend this movie? No. I mean, I don't know. I don't, honestly, I, I I think that's fair. Like, it's unequivocally not good, but it's not as bad as some of the other rom coms we've done. It's mm -hmm. so, like I don't know. This is like a solid. I would say like maybe two out of five stars for me. Not good, but not abysmal. If it were on TV. It's fine. I think if it's on TV, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, I think this is a perfectly good in the background movie. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. No, but like, I like didn't watch it, watch it. Yeah. Like, I didn't hate it. Um, where does, where does, where does this leave us in terms of Kate Hudson reappraisal? I mean, continue. Like, we're, we're, we're right. She's good. She's good in things. She's good in She's things. She's a good performer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> she can play to her strengths. Facebook.com slash yeah. whywatchpodcast. <laughs> is so our false. Facebook page. Dradpack.com is our website where you can find all of our episodes there as well. As, of course, subscribe, rate, follow on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, that sort of thing. Five stars only. Five yeah. stars only. I guess we'll just buy it out and we'll see you in two weeks when we announce a new movie. Yeah. You're so bye. 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 You probably think this is about you. You're so bye.